Everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg. Traveling throughout the marketplace, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top real estate professionals in our field from realtors, lenders, builders, developers, uh, and really what takes them to the Absolutely. Honor to have you. I know everybody's super excited about this one. Uh, so we just want to dive right into the kind of the series of questions for everybody out there who's watching to really get to know what kind of man you are, what's brought you to the levels uh, that you're at. So sure. let's just jump right in. So I guess uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what's your background, your story. So for people who think you have to be some super intelligent, super educated type person to get into real estate, I tell you, you definitely do not. I waited tables for 11 years before I became a process server, which at that point, you know, that's where you're serving people court summons at their house. So I'd go find attorneys and people and work with them and, you know, literally knock on people's doors. I had guns pulled on me, people coming out with bats and stuff. So I did that for, so I was a server process. I mean, I was a, a waiter or a server for 11, almost 12 years. Okay. Then I was a process server for almost two years and then I got my real estate license. Yeah. Man. So literally none of which you need any kind of education level to do <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair so, that's fair. so we but but then so then i got my real estate license okay we i got that in 2010 march of 2010 wow so it's been about eight years i was i started out on jeff Ryder's team okay and i was on that for a few years never had any intentions of starting a team at all hmm. like when people suggested it i said i, I don't want a team cool. i had no desire Why would i want that at all <laughs> to have a team okay and just kind of went off on my own for a little bit and then some of my family joined and then from there it just kind of it kind of took off okay so uh, you touched on a few points in there so from from a totally different industry into real estate what was the the driving to that jeff i mean what got you into the business in the first place if you don't yeah. mind sharing yeah, yeah yeah my whole my i i need to do something where where income can come in i just didn't want dollars for hours right. my whole life i wanted to get to a point where i could spend more time with my family more time with my kids and dates with my wife and that kind of stuff and just even with charities and volunteering my time but if you're just trading dollars for hours you, you it's really hard to get there wow. so I was gonna flip houses okay and so I have a construction background too when I was younger yeah. I built houses with my dad okay and we built decks and additions and houses and whatnot so yeah. I was gonna flip them so okay. I'm like oh, I'll save some money get my real estate license and then I don't have to pay a realtor and I could flip houses makes sense so yeah and so then I got my realtor who helped us find our first house was on Jeff Ryder's team Ian Stone okay and so he helped me get on Jeff Ryder's team hmm. and I was just gonna flip houses and take some leads and convert some leads while I was doing that I ended up just loving working with buyers and sellers wow. and so I didn't really flip houses then okay I just jumped into real estate full force huh and you know the progression of your career up until now so from there to here would you give everybody a little of the background of how you you know started the team and that sort of thing yeah yeah so <clears throat> it was it had to be 2013 okay probably about that when i i hired an assistant mm -hmm. and then eventually i got to where my dad my dad was the first one i believe got into real i convinced him because he was wow. a builder okay. and i was like man buyers would love to work with someone who knows homes that well because hmm. they could help them you know make sure they're getting a good home there's not a lot wrong with it saving money on inspections that kind of stuff wow so my dad got into it first and i convinced my brother who was a still coaches at Pine Creek okay. to, to come on. So he came on the team, now he has his own team. But so he came on and then 
from there, I just, it, we just kept getting more and more clients. Okay. And so my, that assistant became an agent. So I hired another assistant and we just started, we just really started growing. We figured out, you know, we just kept getting more leads and more clients and we grew from there. That's huge. And, and that's, a, that's a beautiful story and progression of how you got into the business and the background. Yeah. That sort of, I mean, that's great. Well, and in the beginning, we grew by accident. And so okay. I'm sure. <laughs> He's <laughs> saying it here, everybody. Listen. <laughs> well, but eventually I realized we had to win on purpose. So okay, we, and that, that is, a, is a whole other part of the process. But sure. in the beginning, it was kind of winning by accident. Like I worked hard. I cared about my clients. And so we kind of grew. Love it. Yeah. But then we hit a wall. Okay. And so then it came into... Well, I, I never coined the phrase win on purpose. Mm -hmm. It was my sales manager, Dan Noel now, oh, but he coined that. I, I, I keep joking with him, like how long do, how long, how many times can I say it before it becomes mine? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. Hey Dan, seriously. if you're watching, <laughs> it's Jeff's. <laughs> I know, there comes a point where I could just claim that, yeah, right? But, but he started saying you have to win on purpose. Okay. And, and he was just an agent on the team at the time. Sure. And eventually, you know, he, he didn't, he liked helping other people as well, more than just selling real estate, so now he helps everyone else kind of grow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a great background just so everybody knows into that. And, and this will kind of tail into, you know, the, the progression of what's your why, you know, what really yeah. uh, motivates you, gets out of bed in the morning to do what you do at the levels that you do it at, Jeff. What does that look like for you? Yeah, there's, so my why, I've, I've always had a pretty big why when I, because four of my kids were adopted out of foster care. That's, that's huge for me. Like foster care is it's a big part of my life, even though we're not, we're not adopting anymore right now. Sure. And I don't know whether we will or not in the future. Wow. Five kids is a lot, but, okay. but, um, but we're still, we still raise a ton of money for foster care. Like our team raised $20,000. Most of it came out of their pockets wow. for, we donated it to Hope and Home last year. Okay. And so in this year, it'll be similar, probably more money this mm. year. Cause every, every closing we have, they're donating a portion of that to our fund okay. that later goes to agencies that we decide we want to donate to. Wow. So and we've, we've like gone to the homeless shelters and built bunk beds as a team. We've Habitat for Humanity stuff as a team. Wonderful. We're doing, um, we have a lot of client appreciation events. So we're okay. doing like June 16th, we're doing a ice cream, free ice cream giveaway at an ice cream shop in town. Cool. But we're also partnering with Penrose, I believe it is. They're bringing their blood donor, blood donation truck. Okay. So they're going to pull in the same parking lot. You can donate blood and then get ice cream. That's fair. So, fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of that's, but mainly we do a lot of other stuff, but foster care is, is, is really, really what drives me. So okay. my, um, my oldest daughter, I don't think she'd mind me talking about this because she, okay. she goes out there and talks to, she really wants to talk to other foster kids and foster families and help them motivate them to keep going and keep going and all that. But wow. so she, I mean, she's awesome. Her name's Hannah. And, and she's, she's dying to get out there and influence other people as well. Okay. But she had a lot of stuff she was struggling through, through abuse and all that. Okay. And she came to live with us when she was 15. Hmm. And, and she, she had not been very far along in education, okay. was behind in a lot of things. And, we, and she wanted to go to a school that would help her get to where she wanted to get. Hmm. And so didn't want to go back to regular high school. So we started researching to find out, you know, what can we do? So we ended up finding the perfect school. The perfect school. It was Okay. She wanted to go. She was excited about it. And man, we looked up the price and finally we looked at what it cost. $10,000 a month. Get out of here. So we're like, we had just bought this house. It was like a dream house. And okay. we're like, well, and my, I did not have a team that took off yet. And so we're like, well, we'll sell it and pull the equity out of it. And this, that will be a school. Like if you're dying of cancer, you would do what you had to do to pay for their treatments. It Absolutely. Was a, it was the same thing. And so we, we, we didn't have to sell the house, luckily, because the team took off. We didn't have to take on any loans, but 
Two and a half years, $300,000 later, she came out a very different person and very capable and very ready to step out into the world. So Mm $300,000, like who can afford that? Sure. And so our heart, you know, our family's heart is for foster care. And so we really started thinking about like how, how can we help our community here? Mm -hmm. So we started doing research and I have verified this across the board throughout the entire country. Mm -hmm. 80% of inmates were in foster care at some point in their life. 80%. 80%. Wow. I verified it with El Paso County here. I, I have other people who are, you know, in the industry looking at similar things that we that have verified it out in California, East Coast, all over. It's wow. anywhere from 75 to 85% in there. Hmm. So it's 80% here in El Paso County. Okay. So that's crazy. And a good portion of the homeless population was in foster care at some point. Right. So crazy. If you could fix that and help, and you know where they come from? Hmm. They come from people, kids who age out of the system and no one adopted them. Because you imagine you spent your whole life in, in, a, in a group home sure. or passed from family to family to family and nobody wanted to adopt you and now you age out of the system. Why, why would you care about anybody else? Sure. You wouldn't. You're jaded into that. Yeah. Well, yeah. just no one ever cared for you. So why would you care for them, right? Right. So my big thing is I want to start a school. You ask me my why. Is. This, is my, yeah, this yeah. is my why. I want, to start a, I want to start a school that for kids here locally in El Paso County that are aging out of the foster care system and no one has adopted them, most of the time, I, it's crazy. Our schools here, I'm not gonna rag on any particular school, but right, right. most of our schools here just pass kids through. It is completely insane. Bummer. Like, they just want, they, they're just passing them through. And, mm-hmm. and they come out of it with fifth and sixth grade levels of education, but they just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. Like, we, we wow. had them tested later after graduating, and that's the levels. Crazy. So, and then so that at the school she was at, they actually have individual homeschool programs for every kid in the school. And so they start them at whatever level they're at in whatever, you know, I guess, subject. Right. And get them to graduate and get an actual high school diploma. So something like that for kids, kids aging out of the system mm-hmm. where we can get them a real high school diploma, help them integrate into a job, into, back into society, and actually show them they have somebody who loves them and cares about them and kind of a just someone they can come back to, like a mentor right. type figure in their lives. So that's the goal, costs a ton of money. I can't uh, even, I don't even know all the costs, but like I need to, like I have to have a big goal because sure. it's really hard to get funding for that for people who are over 18. Hmm. Kids, it's easier. Okay. You're an adult, it's hard to get funding for getting them high school education and stuff like that. Wow. So we're looking at most of it coming from either raising private funds or using my own funds. Okay. And so like I need to, I need to, be netting over a million a year right? in passive income because I have to, if I'm putting my heart into that school and all that money into that school, then I don't have, to, it has to be passive or at least semi-passive. Sure. So that's part of my big why. Okay. That was what first got me into it. I have a second why that's now part of it because I love my team. My, okay. And I don't even say, I use the term my team liberally, it's our team. Like it is, I, I just, literally everyone on the team, it's it's almost like we're like, all right, this is the big love fest. Everyone shut up. Let's work. Because no. everyone, everyone <laughs> on the team, like, no. literally, it's crazy how much our team members care about each other. Right. And I love it. So mm. it, part of my why now is it, it's really neat to be able to help people have their lives wow. as well. And everyone on our team. I can build something for my family, but I can also help everyone else build something for their families. Sure. And, it's, and that's my other why. 
and there, there's a lot in there and, and hopefully everybody got, you know, the, the nuggets of info in there as far as, you know, giving back to the community, um, to, you know, kids and that sort of thing to grow into family. Also talking about your work family. I mean, that's, that's so much. And, and uh, that's a part of really what I consider you a Titan, Jeff, is because it's not just production. It's not just you care about others. Right. You want to do more so that you can give more. And, and that's awesome. And more professionals need to look at it that way. But also, hopefully, consumers that are watching this can see that you guys are not all created equal. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of that. So let's go into a, a slightly different section into that when you're talking about business in, into the family standpoint. So anybody out there who's watching this now, uh, whether you're new or, or seasoned, to get a window into your business professionalism to scale to what you've done. And we yeah. talked about kind of your natural progression. but. If you could pinpoint one or two things that you added to your business, Jeff, that took it from one level to the next, what does that look like for you and your team? Just yeah, it's funny because it's the turning point was just clear as day. Okay. It was about about three years ago. I was I keep thinking I say three years for a long time. Eventually, I have to change it to four, and I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not the sure time when that, on that one, But right? it was about three years ago. Okay. Um, but I was I've been with with Remax since I got into the into real estate, okay. and I'm now with Keller Williams, right. and it was three years ago, um, I went to a Keller Williams family reunion, hmm. and it blew my mind. I was on an anniversary with my wife, okay. we were in Cancun, they flew us from Cancun to New Orleans, Oh, cool! and so they, they paid for all that, so I'm like, well, what the heck, I literally was like, I'm not joining Keller Williams, if you want to pay for me to go there, that's fine, but we're in Cancun, and so they're like, we'll fly you, we'll fly you to New Orleans, we're like, alright, we? and I'm like, well, <laughs> my wife's going to be with me, and I don't want her to be bored, so they, they like, they took care of my wife, they gave her some like spa packages and stuff, and we, wow. we went to New Orleans, stayed in a nice hotel, I didn't pay a penny, okay. and it blew my mind and rocked my world. Like it was, Unreal. everything I learned at that family reunion, I would have paid for it a hundredfold, because wow. the whole way we run our team now came from what I learned okay. at that family reunion. And, and in addition to that, then I read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, mm. And that rocked my world again, okay. because one of the things, and I'll tell you what I got out of it. Yeah, that's great for everybody yeah, out there. So, so there, there's two things that I got out of it. One, well the main one was hire empire builders. Okay. And so I think most team leaders that I've talked to and that I know, even, at, even after we've had discussions about, right. about hiring empire builders, they don't do it. Because we're, we're scared. You hire someone smarter than you, you hire someone more ambitious than you, you hire an empire builder, they're just gonna outgrow you, right? Hmm. Then you put all this effort into them, they grow, they develop their own business, and then they leave. See you later. Yeah, yeah. and so that's what most team leaders are afraid of. Hmm. Like you put all this time into someone, you, you teach them how to build something, and then they leave, they take your information and go. Wow. And so what Gary said, and I love this, hmm. he said, as long as you keep growing, they'll never outgrow you. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Like, it's so simple. It's huge. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's so clear, and I'm like, why had I never thought about that? Wow. So all I need to do is I need to keep growing, so I always have something to offer everybody else. Love it. But you know the cool thing that I didn't realize is that when you hire a bunch of geniuses and a bunch of just empire builders, people who want to build something and want to become better, is they make you become better. Wow. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even like I'm gonna grow. Just so, like they, I can't help it because they're all like the people on our team are amazing. You have to hire. You have to bring the right people on. Love it. Yeah. And so. We have so many people who are way smarter than me. Like I, I joke about this, and I, but it was, I totally joke about this with people. But it wasn't that long ago. It was only like a, four or five months ago. Okay. I had a moment where I literally had this huge moment of insecurity hmm. because I looked around and I was like, man, I'm like they are, they're, 
there's nothing that I do better than anyone else anymore on the team. And it was, it was, and I was, and actually I felt like super insecure for a moment, but I'm like, (laughs) but actually that's what makes it awesome. Okay. Is we all have so much that we, we share with each other and we help each other grow because Mm -hmm. this person is the best at this and this person's the best at this. And because of that, we have, and everyone on our team has a truly just sharing, giving mentality that Mm -hmm. just the abundance mentality. Whereas if, if, I help you grow and we all help each other grow. Our whole, even though your slice of the pie may not get a higher percentage, the right. whole pie grows. And so, Truly. and that's, that's kind of the way it is on our team and it really is like that. I, I love that, um, that adage and I, I think tailing into that is that high tide raises all ships, yep, yep. right? And I think that's what we're doing. And, and it's, uh, it's cool for everybody out there to see that, uh, you know, everybody has those positions of thought process or vulnerability, but understanding that, hey, this is the right thing and we're going in the right direction, Yeah, that's big, that's big. You are yeah. guilty by association, right? Yeah, and that was, that was one of the big things I got. I, that one was from reading The uh, Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Cool. And then I also, we revamped the whole structure of our team, the entire thing. All right. Because I used to always say, well, I just want to do this many deals and then I'll be good. But, but one of the things Gary said is, why? He's like, because when you say that, you're making it about money. You, some people mm-hmm. think if you, if you always want to keep growing, then you're making it about money, but you're not. That's, if you that's put it, if you say I just need to make this much, then you're making it about money. Right. But if you just say I'm going to be the best I can and help other people be the best they can, mm-hmm. then it's not about money anymore. It's about just growth. Right. And so that's kind of the other thing. We we did a major major team shift in just how we organize a team because I had always said I can organize it this way because I, if I get to 150 transactions, I'm totally fine. Right. But and then but so we set up a structure for that, and then when we started going over that, we're like this doesn't work anymore. But now, what Gary said is your structure should be, there should never be a cap. So uh-huh. build, start out building mm-hmm. with big goals in mind. That way, you don't have to shift when you do it. And those, those are two huge game changers. Huge pieces. And obviously, the, the great success that you and your team have had because of that, that's huge. So yeah. hopefully everybody took some notes on that one because that is good, <laughs> good stuff. So um, thanks for sharing that, Jeff, because that's kind of a window into your business, and that's really, yeah. really cool stuff. Um, so when it comes down to this next question, it's, it's tricky. Right when it comes to challenges, and uh, what happens is, is look, when life is easy, we can all skate by, and that's all right. But when challenges come our way, those speed bumps, uh, it's not so much what happens, but how you respond. Right. So if you could take a, you know, look back in your life thus far, a challenge that you dealt with, Jeff, that you overcame, that made you a stronger man because of it. What does that look like for you? The, the there's two kind of big ones. Okay. Yeah. But. The first one would be when I first got into real estate. So it was like the perfect storm for disaster mm-hmm. when I first got into it. So, you know how everyone says like, you do better if you have a fire under you? Like sure, we yeah. had a, this was like a bonfire under us. We, <laughs> so wow. we had just, we full on felt God call us to foster care without a doubt. We knew it was God calling us because we didn't really want to do it. Wow. <laughs> like okay, yeah, like sure. full on, like we couldn't sleep. It was so strong that God was telling us you need to do it. So wow. we're like, all right, we're going to do it. My wife, Jessamy, had an amazing, high-paying job. She was traveling around. She, she would contract with the State Department and the DOD as a French interpreter and do a lot of stuff in West Africa with delegates. And, you know, I think we, she dealt once with France. But her, her love was West Africa. Cool. So she did a lot over there. But she quit that to stay home with our, with our kids that we were bringing into our house. And so we had just paid off a bunch of her student loans. Okay. And very shortly after getting into her career, she jumps back out of it drops to zero income and to take care of these three okay. that came into a sibling group that came in. Hmm. And so she's at zero income. Okay. 
Okay. I went from that. Remember, I was a process. I was a server, yeah. and then I went into process serving, which was about a thirty-five to forty thousand dollars a year job. Okay. And we just paid off a bunch of her loans, and so we had very little money in the, in the savings after paying off all the student loans. Wow. And and I had zero income. Okay. So zero income, zero income, zero savings, three kids. Wow. And so we like I. It was the perfect storm for disaster. Okay. Like it was, it was crazy. So that was one of those moments where like you had to make it work. Like you had to jump in. And that was where I've always kind of been the kind of person where I do what I need to do to get it done. Love it. And, but this was really like, I had to do what I had to do to get it this done. This is next level, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, that was a big moment in my life where I, where I did what had, had to be done. Right. So that was a big, I don't know. I don't know. That was, they're funny. These two examples, I'm like, yeah, they were like yeah. very opposite. This sure, was, sure. this was a big, like, had to show strength and power through type right. moment. And one of the more recent ones mm-hmm. that has drastically changed my life was, okay. it's kind of a two-part thing. We have what we call our LDP, our leadership. It's our leadership development program on our team. Hmm. So we have, it's kind of where a lot of our decisions go through. It's, it's where if I've got ideas or someone else on the team has ideas, we run it through this group before presenting it to the whole team. And if it goes through this group and we vote it in, then hmm. we move on, right? Okay. But it's also where I get feedback from the team on how I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. And so that's part of this equation. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is we had a really rough start to the year. And it's funny because I think a lot of people would be like afraid to admit it, but, but I don't care. Like yeah. it was, we, we took a big loss our first two months. Okay. So we went, we closed 367 trans- transactions in 2017 wow. and did really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, but we just took a big dive. Okay. We're doing well now, but right. the first two months were really, really hard. Wow. And so, People were stressing, everyone's stressing. And so all this is going on at the same time. And I had, and at, at that exact same time, I had people coming with things that I was doing wrong as a leader. Interesting. And it was, wow. and they weren't, it wasn't like they were coming at me like they were mad at me, but that's, but when you're already stressed out and things are hard and then Just other people come in, you. like it was, it was tough. And so the, the last one I told you about was like a moment where I'm like, I'm gonna be strong. But what I had to learn in this moment was, and I knew this already, mm-hmm. but it was like the ultimate learning experience in this because I didn't do it perfectly. Okay. Was, was looking at every single person around you as an individual person who has thoughts, feelings, needs, wants, all that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy for us and not just me, but individuals on the team, okay. team leaders, for everyone. It's really easy for us to look at our needs and our wants, but see kind of the people around us as, as objects or as means to getting where we want to go. Wow. And even I think the best of us, if anyone says they don't do it, they're a liar or they're oblivious because hey, everybody, you, you're that. Yeah. Because you're just blind if you're not. Because the best people on the planet do it. Love it. It's just you have to. The more you're aware of it, the less you do it. Okay. And so I think you have to be aware that we have a tendency to to treat people around you like a means to get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like even the book Winning Friends and Influencing People. Like great book. Everyone, yeah. But you utilize that. You can use it to manipulate people and mm-hmm. to to get people to do. What Like you're some feelings and wants and needs and desires, and if if there's a conflict, mm-hmm. it, it's really easy, easy for us to jump into our own box and and think about my needs and my desires and all that. Sure. And it was it was super tough. I mean, it was really tough because I was I was just I was losing money, mm-hmm. and 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 then other people are coming to me with stuff, <laughs> and I'm wow. like, what the heck? Yeah. But then I had to think about that. 
It was, it was a, it was, it was a huge moment of like, of having to just, just really think about that and, okay. and see it from other people's perspectives. And, but we did, and uh, we did it and everyone on the team, the leadership did it together and Perfect. we're able to, and we told him through this stronger than ever. And it's really neat when, when I look at our team and what we did as a team for them to be able to have the, just the guts to come forward and talk about stuff was just as hard, I'm sure. Agreed. And so we all, we all did it and it was, it was amazing. And I, I love our team. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't get over it. How every time there's ever, cause we are like a family, there's struggles, there's problems. There's, we don't always see eye to eye on stuff, That's all right. but yet we have almost no turnover because everyone on the team is pretty good mm-hmm. at seeing everyone else as a real person. Right. And, and that, and that was probably a big, so this earlier this year was a big, mm-hmm. a big, I guess a hardship that yeah. we overcame as a team and it was, it was really neat. But that's, a, that's a huge strategic share for everybody. And I, I think that if, if they, anybody who's watching this takes one thing away, it's looking at people as people yeah. with their goals and they have families and lives and all those things. And not looking at them from a standpoint of you're here to help me do what I need. Right. Right. That's a brilliant piece of advice. That is huge. It's so, a game changer too. Yeah. When you, when you, if you can realize it and do it truly. So that, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And I know that's not easy, you know, thanks for sharing the challenge. I know yeah. that's a tricky part of this particular, uh, you know, episode, but let's go into a slightly softer question if you're not ready <laughs> yeah. that. So uh, when it comes down to it, if you could travel back in time and it could be any variant of your life, but if you were talking to maybe, you know, young Jeff and you were to give him a piece of advice or two, uh, what would you say to yourself, Jeff? It would... Take extreme ownership. That's a book, by the way. Okay. Read it. <laughs> okay. Extreme ownership. <laughs> Here we go. It was. It's so good. All right. And that was another game changer, I think, for our team. Our, our leadership um, team went through that book okay. together. And it is. It, it it is what it sounds like. Extreme ownership. It's why we worked it into our values. Love it. Because it's just you take ownership of where you're at. Like even if you don't have, like we've talked about it from every level. Mm-hmm. As because as a team leader, it's easy to say we're struggling because those guys are idiots. <laughs> Like if they were any good, they'd be selling homes. Like sure. that's a, or we could say maybe the systems I have aren't working. Maybe I'm not giving. Maybe there's not enough incentive. Maybe it's, it's the systems that I developed that are wrong. Sure. Right. But from there, but from a new person, we'd ask this question. You're brand new. You just came on the team. You didn't have anything to do with the structure of this team, right? Hmm. Nothing. You you just came on. Right. You had nothing to do with it. And something goes wrong because you're following the structure. How do you take extreme ownership of it? And that was something we talked about. Oh, that's deep. But at every level, you can take total extreme ownership. Okay. So even at the lower levels, mm-hmm. you and we had to dive into it. Like, what can you? Well, I just started. What can I do? Mm-hmm. No, you have a voice. Talk about it. If it's something, that's how you take ownership of it. And so you can talk about it up the chain. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people who have been there. Say, this is what I experienced. I think maybe this could be better. And so when everyone on a team takes extreme ownership and says, this is my problem. I'm going to deal with it. Like major change happens. So that's. That's a big one, and I always kind of knew it, but I never, it took me a while to grasp it to the extent that I do now. Interesting. Yeah, so that was a big one. Okay. I don't think there's anything else. Well, that, I mean, that's good. You yeah, know. I'd say, I mean, that's probably one of, the, one of the major ones. And looking, and just really the other one I just said, recognizing, like, consciously deciding to see people as people. Because I think there's a ton of us who think we do it. I, mean, we'll do, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine if you asked a room of 100 people, how many of you treat people like objects? Who's gonna, no one's going to raise their hand. <laughs> right, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's me. But that means they're either not raising their hand because they don't want to look like a 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or they, they're just kind of oblivious to it. Okay. So I think everyone does it. When we're, not, when we're not having our best moments, when we're stressed, the more stressed we are, the more we tend to treat other people like objects to get right. to where we want to go. Okay. And so that was another thing, just to consciously think about it all the time. Like, am I treating you as a means to an end, or am I treating you as a, as a person just like I am? And I would have, if I could have consciously been thinking about that 10 years ago on a regular basis, Oh, that's one. That's the second. Okay, and and both of those are huge. I, not just young Jeff, but I think everybody out there watching that stuff to take to heart for sure, um, and really look at our lives and see what we're doing for positioning. I mean, that's great advice, Jeff, for sure. <laughs> so uh, let's go into uh, the feeding of the mind question of this. So everybody out there can kind of see you know a window into what you're doing as far as books you're reading, uh, podcasts you're listening to, right. or maybe influencers on social media or coaches. So. Uh, what what can you share with that for you? Yeah, so so we have a coach. We mm -hmm. coach through Tom Ferry, awesome. and right now my current coach, well, he's not current anymore. He just retired. Okay. So we're actually debating moving over to Maps coaching with KW. So we're interviewing coaches right now. Okay. But coaching is huge for I mean for any, especially in sales, but anybody anybody who's yeah. running their own business or doing anything like that, coaching is so important. Okay. Because we don't know it all. Like you people, are like how'd you how'd you grow so fast? It's because we copied other people. Like, <laughs> we didn't have to reinvent yes. that wheel. Yeah, we, right? it, it's only recently. Like we're In terms of transactions, we're number one in the state of California. Well, we were in 2017. I don't know okay. if that's right now. All right. In 2017, Cro we had, yeah, we will be again. We have a couple friendly competitors out there here locally. That's good. That's like, a good thing. Yeah, that's like Treasure thing. Davis. <laughs> hey, Treasure. <laughs> so we always go. We're always like neck and neck. Cool. Like she beat us in volume. We beat her by a few transactions last year. Okay. So technically volumes will matter, so you're ahead, but we got to... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, it, but we're always neck and neck, you know, so, okay. but it was only recently that we started trying to come up with new ideas. Uh -huh. So we went for all that time, just looking at someone else who did it right and copying them. Right. So, so yeah, I just lost where we're going with that. Though. No, no, no. That, that, that's good. As far as we were talking about books, oh. you know, podcasts, but we, yeah. coaches influence. Oh yeah. So, so, so we do coaching. Okay. We, I don't, I do, I don't really do podcasts okay. or yeah. social media, like follow people on social media sure, that sure. much, but I. I do an hour of education every morning, or five mornings a week. Awesome. So I combine it with my workout. Okay. So I go, I'll go run either three, six, or eight miles, depending on the day. Awesome. And put, put my, you know, put my headphones in and okay. listen to, like right now I'm listening to um, leadership and self, leadership and self deceit. Okay. Or self deception is what it is. Okay. And it's really, really good. That one's a good one. Fantastic. But I do an hour every morning. Okay. So while I'm doing either at the gym or running. I'll put my headphones in and do that. Okay. And I'll have like a voice recorder in my pocket too. So if it's something good, I'll actually pull it out and, and take notes on it. That's really smart for everybody out yeah. there. Because especially if you, you can't have a pad of paper when you're out running. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're out running. Hold on a second. You right. Know, you're going to say, okay, cool. So um, what else into that? So books. So you mentioned a few physical books, which I'll have yeah. a list um, in the comments and description below so everybody can follow. But anything else into those categories? Yes, yeah, so I can tell you for sure my game changers. The game changers were the MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Okay. Four Disciplines of Execution, that was huge. Wow. And that book was about, so college and you go to, you go to school, mm -hmm. you get, everybody knows how to brainstorm for ideas, but sure. where most people fail is in executing those ideas. Mm -hmm. So this book is on that. And they went through and interviewed like hundreds of managers and business owners and mm -hmm. thousands of employees right. and, and over years to come up with what's in this book. And it's really good information. So okay. there was MREA, the four disciplines of execution, extreme ownership, the five second rule. Mm. That's Mel Robbins. Okay. That one is so she uses the example. She's if you Google or go on YouTube and search um, Mel Robbins TED Talk. Okay. You'll find her 
her TED talk that launched her career wow. a few years back. But her whole thing is, so Nike says, just do it. Here's how to just do it. Oh, that's great. And it's, it's really good. Like I, so I was at a, a, at the Remax convention a few years ago. Okay. And Mel Robbins spoke there. And that was when I, that was the first time I saw her and she didn't even have the book out then. And she did this example in the crowd and it blew my mind. Mm. It was so crazy. So she had this whole thing, you have five seconds before your brain shuts down what you want to do. If you don't move within five seconds, your brain will shut it down. If you start moving, your fear level drops. Mm. So she went out and there's like 4,000 people out in this huge arena Love it. in Vegas. And she, she starts walking down from the stage. She goes, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to find the first, I'm going to walk this audience and whoever looks the most scared, you're my, you're my victim. And she happened to find someone <laughs> right by me. Oh and so I got to see this like up close and personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not faking. This girl was not a plant. She was terrified. You could just see her the closer Mel Robbins got, man, she was starting to freak out. And when Mel Robbins looked at her and said, and pointed at her and she goes, she started bawling. She was full on like red faced, tears streaming, yeah, snot. I mean, here. she was bawling, scared to death. Her, her friends just trying to get her to calm down. Her mm -hmm. friend who had brought her to this like a Remax convention yeah. and now Thanks, she's having to <laughs> So she comes up to her and she goes, here's what you have to do. And she's still crying and she's standing as close as me and you are right okay. now. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to hand you this envelope and you have, if you, if you take this envelope, you have to do what's written on it in front of everybody. Hmm. And she's like, I can't do it. I, I mean, she's bawling. I can't do it. I can't do it. Wow. She finally, her friend gets her, convinces her, just take it and do it. You've got to do it. And so she takes the envelope. So as soon as she has this envelope in her hand, she goes, no, 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 before the envelope was in her hand, she asked, Mel says, what's your fear level? Okay. And she's still crying at this point. She goes, it's an 11. 11, she goes, one to 10, what's your fear level? She goes, it's an 11, you know, balling wow. and all that. So she goes, take the envelope. Hmm. And so the girl she takes the envelope. She goes, now where's your fear level? And she's like, 10. And she's like, all right, now take, <laughs> now stand. You have, she's like, now you have to move. Stand up and walk. There were, she was two seats away from the aisle. Okay. She's like, stand up and move to the aisle. So she stood up and moved to the aisle, moved two feet. And she goes, what's your fear level now? She goes, seven. And she was not crying anymore, but still yeah. clearly terrified. Yeah. She's like, seven. She goes, all right, come with me. So she's following down in front of thousands of people Unreal. down into the bottom of the arena. So now she's down. She's not up on stage yet. She's down at the bottom of the arena, though. And she goes, what's your fear level now? And she goes, five. And she goes, okay. Keep walking. Yeah. So now she gets up onto the stage and she's standing on the stage with Mel Robbins again, up on the big screen, thousands of people. And Mel goes, what's your fear level now? She goes, three. And she goes, open the envelope. And she goes, all right, and opens the envelope. It says, you have to sing happy birthday on a mic to everybody, to all the birthdays in the audience. Oh my gosh. And, whole, like, and you know, she goes, what's your fear level now? She goes, one. Hmm. And she takes a mic and sings happy birthday. She went from an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10, bawling, crying. Unreal. Like, no joke, like snot and everything. Sure, sure. To singing Happy Birthday up on stage and then just talking with people. Mel. Yeah. And she was just talking, like bantering with Mel yeah. up there on the mic. Like, what the heck? And, and, and her whole point was, you have to move. As mm -hmm. soon as you make a move, your fear level drops. Wow. It's when you stand there, you think, is when you're terrified. You make a move. You can be sitting there, and you don't want to make your calls for whatever reason. All right. And you go, her big thing is you count five, four, three, two, one. And as you're counting, you need to move your body. It has to be a physical movement. Okay. And you reach for that phone during that five seconds and your fear level just drops. <laughs> and it works. I've used it for everything. That's crazy. And it works. It, it's totally a game changer. I'm not, there's a number of people on our team who have 
said it's complete game changers for them. That's huge. That, that's yeah. another hidden nugget in this yeah. uh, episode right there. So that <laughs> was good. huge. That was huge, man. Yeah. Um, so, and, and those are those are a lot of really powerful you know, books and education and that sort of thing. And I think it ties back into whether you're sitting there and reading or you're out there walk, you know, watching it on YouTube or you're running and then taking that in via audio. As long as you're consuming this data, surrounding yourself with different yeah. people and mindsets, you're growing. You're, you're constantly learning. So that's, that's really good stuff, Jeff. So, yeah. um, and again, all that's going to be in the comments and description below so everybody can follow along with that and learn and grow. Um, so this has been amazing, Jeff. This interview has been awesome, awesome, awesome. So last question before we wrap it up for everybody. If you could sum up your brand, yourself in a mantra or a quote, what does that look like <laughs> for Jeff Johnson? You know, I guess it would be our vision statement. Okay. So I already said our values. Yep. So our, our vision statement is, is pioneering the next levels, level of service. Like actually, not just saying it in a listing appointment, right. but actually being able to provide something better for every client here than anyone else in Colorado Springs can do. Hmm. That's our outward facing vision statement. But inward, it's creating a better quality of life for everyone on the team. So those are the, that to me sums up our brand. Within, okay. within our team, we're trying to better everyone's quality of lives. And outside our team, we're trying to do what no one else can do for our clients. Love that. And I think that speaks volumes, not just for you and the team, but the brand that you've built and you know the respect that's out there in the community, the level that's out there and your reputation is impeccable, Jeff. So thanks. Yeah. anybody that's watching this and knows it, it's the absolute truth. So that's fantastic. And uh, you know, again, I just want to thank you so much for your time, Jeff. You are officially a real estate type, my friend, in my book. I, <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but thank awesome, you. Awesome, awesome for having that. me on here. So everybody, thanks so much for taking the time and attention. Uh, really appreciate your love and support. Uh, again, live every Tuesday and Friday afternoons, a different Titan, a different location. Uh, so hopefully everybody has a good weekend and we'll catch you on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care.